previously on the Heroic Origins Podcast. The world is in crisis. The Galactic Lyceum has dispatched an alien armada to Earth in search of their missing leader. Upon entering Earth's orbit, they are met by the legions of the Stratoplex, cybernetic life forms from the future. The battle began over the human city of Chicago, but has since spread to all corners of the planet and beyond. The world has fallen into chaos and cries out for a savior. In this moment of uncertainty, what heroes will rise to the challenge? We need new hope. We need new inspiration. New powers. New abilities. New names. New faces. New champions of what's true and what's right. Welcome Welcome to to the the Heroic Origins Podcast. Hey, True Conceivers, welcome back to the Heroic Origins Podcast. I'm Terrence. And I'm Dave. And we're just two comic book nerds doing what we love to do. Make Make up up new superheroes. superheroes. Today we have a special guest. Longtime journalist and superhero geek, Scott Roche. Welcome to the show, Scott. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Glad to be here. All right. So, so uh, just just real real quick, what's your what's your background with uh, superheroes and comic books? Oh my gosh, my background with superheroes and comic books goes back to roughly the 1980s, uh, with a combination of uh, comic of the comic books that were just off the rack in the store. Um, TSR beginning to introduce the Marvel superheroes role playing game. Oh, which, oh. <laughs> which, oh. Which, oh. we are we are family now. We are family. Yes. <laughs> that is a, Follow, followed two years later, then by Mayfair introducing DC superheroes role playing game, <laughs> and and of course um, this was not yet the great age of the superhero movie, but nonetheless, um, you know. You have the, the the standbys like Superman were already kind of the precursors for what would come, so that that lit the fire. And you know, despite some some very challenging times at times, it never completely died. <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah. definitely been up and down, up and down. That's, yes, yeah. Well, well, we are. Uh, it's just a pleasure <laughs> having you here. I know we've uh, um, there's. I know I was posting questions for a while on our uh, social media, and you were you were answering them and, and giving some really well thought out answers. And I was thinking, thank you. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's 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 get you on here and, and let's let's make up a superhero together. So so let me uh, let me tell you exactly how this this is going to work, um, okay. and also let the audience know. But we're going to take a random word, and then we're going to riff on that until we come up with a fully fleshed out superhero. Then we'll see how that hero fits into our robots versus aliens storyline. We've given ourselves a time limit. Two 10-minute regulation brainstorming periods separated by a superhero sidebar. And if we still haven't finished our superhero by then, we'll do a lightning round with two additional minutes per category and one two-minute revision period. After that, we'd love to get your input on the character. Now get ready because it's collaborating time. Okay. Um, all right. So, we uh, what we do is we get our uh, random words from a uh, website called randomwordgenerator.com. But we don't just use any words. We actually use the weird word random generator because we think it sort of uh, leads to some you know some more creative stuff. So, so uh, all right. We are going to. Uh, I'm not going to use the first one that comes comes up. Actually, we could. Egad. <laughs> okay, so the first the first random word that has come up here is gad. Gad, which is to wander about idly or in pursuit of pleasure. I don't think that's the only definition of gad. Isn't gad also an ar- archaic term for god? I don't know. Don't recall off the top of my head. Well, let's let's find out. Uh yeah, cuz the definitions they give here are oftentimes uh no, I guess it agrees with them there. Um <laughs> Okay, so uh, well, go around I, from I, one I, place I, to another. I, I could, I could see that because Gad, because Gadzooks used to be an abbreviation of God's hooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, well, whatever the case, that's the definition that we got here. Um, oh wait, if you go down, scroll back down, there was another 15th century. An expression uh, of surprise or emphatic in the 15th assertion. Century, 
euphemistic alteration, alteration of, God. of God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Okay. So so that's one. That's our our first choice there. So we could uh, we could we could combine that, and make it a wandering God. So that's that's a possibility. Um, do you guys do you guys want to see other options, or should we just go with that? Let's try one or two other options just to that's see. Okay. I always like options. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's play. Let's let's play. <laughs> Deism. Oh, we got a real religious. Oh, yeah, we've got a theme coming up here. Deism is the belief in God, but rejection of religion, which is interesting. That's not how I've heard it described in the past. They're hitting words here that I'm familiar with, which is not always the case. Yeah, because uh, deism is the the uh, the so-called God of the of the American founding fathers, right? That that's uh, the the idea was that that God existed and created the universe, but um, was kind of standoffish after that, sort of set the yeah. rules and then just sort of yes. left the scene is how I, it was always described to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 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 the uh, watchmaker <laughs> God. Exactly. So interesting, interesting that we're, we're kind of working on a theme here. Uh, all right. So, well, let's do one more as is custom. We'll do a third one. Kaja. <laughs> A Macedonian felt hat with a broad brim. Hmm. I see a costume coming here. Let's, that's a, this actually could, yeah, let's, let's take a look and see what that actually looks like. Because the image might be uh, inspiring. Captain Kasha, huh? Oh, okay. Well, geez. Yeah, that's kind of like a giant beret. Beret. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, okay. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's, okay. I like that. I like that hat. Mm. <laughs> so it's got, uh, got, got so we cool can take hat. all three words. It was an ancient Macedonian flat hat, so it could be like a Greek god, you know, <laughs> Greek gad, uh, <laughs> a demigad, a demigad. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Well, what what are you guys thinking? You, you're leaning towards any one of these these words? I think that we take them all. I mean, the you're right. They kind the, of. Yeah, they overlap there, so. Yeah, it was just one building on the next, so. Yep. All right. Well, then it's official. We're going to we're gonna take all three words, and we're going to build <laughs> off of that. Um, all right, folks. Well, we're going to go into our first uh, regulation brainstorming period. we got 10 minutes, and uh, we are now on the clock. So uh, what's the first thing that pops into your mind, Scott, when you're looking at this? What are you, what are you thinking? The first thing that pops into my mind is um... – a a god or demigod who's who's walked away from his responsibilities. Oh, right. and, and decided to become kind of a fashion icon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I've noticed with 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 uh, comic characters like Thor or Loki or Hercules, they don't seem to choose to become fashion icons. Fashion starts to mold itself around them. <laughs> that, well, that, that kind of makes sense. The, the sheer force of personality. So, okay, well, let's. Uh, I, I like that. So, uh, a a god who's wandered away. From uh, his or her uh, uh, responsibilities. So, um, well, let's let's figure out. Should, is it a, is it a god or a goddess? Do we think? I mean, we're all guys, so maybe it makes sense to be a, a guy. I don't know. Yeah. Or it could be just a god who's like androgynous. Neither. Yeah. 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 Because it's yeah. A god it doesn't have to yeah. be a thing. Oh, well, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, good. so if it was a okay, so if it was a god. Uh, Usually gods have a particular uh, uh, job description. So mm-hmm. what, you know, I, I'm thinking now of the movie Death Takes a Holiday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Death just decides to take a holiday. Nobody dies while Death is is fooling around on Earth. And this creates all sorts of, you know, effects. Sure. So what what god, uh, what, what, what duties is this god abandoning? And what are, like, some of the effects that that might have? Ooh. That's an interesting hmm. thought. Hmm. I mean, it could be a god of fashion. It could be a god of hats. I mean, that, I mean, you can have a god for a god of this hat specific, and that's why well, it's out of style. Well, if that's a, is, well, well, if it's a Mas- if it's a Macedonian hat, though, I mean, they were associated with what? Well, everybody always thinks of Alexander, so things like you know, like warfare or chance or um, quick solutions to problems. <laughs> I'm going to throw this out there just because uh, you you listen you said you listened to the the episode with Kelly uh, on it, mm-hmm. and we one thing we talked about with that was the idea of linguistic gods. Mm-hmm. So if we we could 
you know, it's not required, but we could tie it into that. We could make this like, uh, you know, maybe this was a, you know, a God of humor and this God mm -hmm. decided to walk away from humor. And so everybody's humorless or something like that, <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, which ironically makes you laugh. Right. So it's like, um, but I mean, it could be something like that. It could be like, uh, um, I mean, it would be kind of interesting to, you know, some sort of linguistic element was just sort of stolen from the universe because this, this character, Yes. Uh, decided to walk off the job. Yes, or or got completely out of control because they weren't moderating it. You know, uh -huh. not, not not its absence, but its excess. So, oh, like everybody oh, is yeah. making puns now. <laughs> hey, now you know who to blame for meme culture. That's right. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> that's actually really. Oh, I like that. The person who's in charge of regulating memes, the god, the god of memes. That would actually be well, that's actually really I don't know. What do you guys think about that? What the, if it the, was the, the god of memes? The god of contagious ideas? The yeah. god of contagious ideas. Right. Oh man. And his name would be Mimos. <laughs> well, and, and, and this this would explain why why he or she is a bit of a shapeshifter too. I mean, have you have you seen how many different forms you could put the same meme into? Oh, you're right. That's you're right. true. Yeah. Well, what? Okay, I, I like this. Do you guys like this? Do we want to go with that? I mean, it's a fun character. Yeah. God yeah, of I contagious like ideas. I mean. <laughs> I'm curious to see what the, the and Mimos. I'm going to put that down as a placeholder. Mimos. We can we can change that. Finding Mimos. Finding Mimos. Uh, finding Mimos. That's going to be. By the way, that's going to be the that's going to be the title. That's going to be the title of this episode. Oh. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay. So we got we got Mimos, the god of contagious ideas. Um. So what kind of powers? does this this person have well they would have to have with, with with a name like that they would have to have some sort of power of creativity you know be able to and a, a good meme rather than taking something completely out of thin air takes what's already there and renders it into a new form so maybe some sort of transmutation power okay well is it a um Part of it is like the the getting hooks in your head, right? Right. It's sort of like, is it? I, I mean, does this person have the ability to sort of, uh, sort of like add some sort of mimetic mimetic glow to something so that it mm -hmm. becomes, yeah, so, so, almost sort of a low, almost sort of a low level mind control, maybe where you can't help passing it on. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's sort yeah, of like yeah. oh, creates something. You know, makes things very alluring. So it. it but I guess the question is, is, does this, does the God have the ability to be creative or does the God just takes, like you were saying, take something that already exists and just adds that little, sort of like Cupid's arrow, just adds a little something to it. Hmm. That yes. little pepper, a little bit of spice, and all of a sudden it, it just takes off. And it may not, it, it's like, it may even be like, uh, I, right now I'm imagining this, this, this God walking around and just like, Every time it's it's almost like it's like skin flakes flaking off all the time. It's like it yes. just touches things, yes. and and this powder sort right, of gets on right. it, and all of a sudden people are fascinated with it, and they just can't get enough of it. Yes, yes, yeah. So, but so I see is, it. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, please. No, I was going to say no. I see it definitely having some transmutation effect. It's like that would be. I mean, that would just be really cool to be able to whatever he touches changes. It doesn't just stay that. You know, it actually. He's creating things out of things that are there. So I, yeah, I think that's that's great. So what's the mechanism? Yeah, then? I mean, how does it? How does it? How does it reveal itself? Is hmm. it? Is it? Is it like a? I mean, is there a? Is it just touch? Is it like secretions? Is it a? Um, does he have to do some sort of uh, uh, magic spell? Some sort of. Hmm. I like the idea of either touch or incantation. Um, the latter mostly because that's how a lot of a lot of memes get passed on is through conversation. Um, but so, so incantation or touch. Touch. Um, um, I mean, touch touch places touch places a good strong limit on it that creates more story possibilities. Creates kind of a Midas touch. You know, it'd be kind of like right. it, it is a Midas touch because yeah. 
um, instead of turning things into gold, you turn them into memes, which is just as good as gold, right? <laughs> yeah. Ask Viacom. <laughs> <laughs> so there's... <laughs> So it would be like uh, it would be like King Mimas, you know. We're getting like, I don't know, getting plays on the words on the name here. Uh, uh, I, 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 I do warn you, um, puns do tend to happen around me. So. Uh oh, uh oh. Okay, well then we'll uh, we'll keep that in mind. Um, but the the King Midas the Mimos King Midas touch. I don't know. There's so the Midas kind of a Midas touch. Okay. Um, so so basically. Does this does this mean okay if the person was taking time off from the job, what does that mean? Does it mean that they're just not paying? I guess this would make sense if it's going if things are going crazy, then this person just basically decided to stop regulating his or her powers. Yeah. Right. It's just like I'm just I'm just going to go off and wander around the world and yeah. and then just whatever I touch just yeah. happens to. Well, well, think about it. If you're well, if you're a god of inspiration, then maybe. You know, the equivalent of Olympus or whatever is kind of a boring place because when uh, <laughs> maybe humanity is where all the imagination and all the creativity is happening, things tend to stay pretty much pretty much the same. Oh, I like the idea that the Olympus is boring. Um, <laughs> the home of the gods. Okay, well, I'm going to put that under background. Uh, by the way, we're down to less than a minute left here, but we're going to okay. we'll have a second. But I think we've, we've done really good here so far. Okay, home of gods is boring. Earth is more inspiring. Or it could just be that, you know, humans are more easily inspired, right? And that makes for a more interesting situation. Yeah. Um, the gods probably are set in their ways. It's probably harder to... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That might... I mean, you, you could almost go episode to episode with him seeking out people that he can change or inspire or... Or situations that he can throw into chaos. Or... I, I love that he's just somebody that's like, oh, this is such a great idea. we got to do this. And he, and, and he just shows up and he just creates this all, all this havoc um, yes. by touching all this stuff. That would be... Which would be... We might want to think about limits on the on the power because yeah, touching I, I everything... Agree. Yeah, that's that, that, get, that gets a little outrageous. Uh-oh, that's our and alarm. There's... We are now... Uh, at the end of the first regulation brainstorming period. Um, okay, we're going to take a short break uh, for our superhero sidebar, but we'll be right back. Welcome to the superhero sidebar. Superhero sidebar. Today, we're going to discuss journalism in comic books. And Scott, you are a longtime journalist, and um, I it I I guess my first question is is who are the who are the good and who are the bad journalists in in comic books? <laughs> you know, that's a that's an excellent question because there was a period of time where everybody loved to make their hero a journalist or connected to journalism in some way, and you can understand why. Um, it's the sort of job that doesn't have to doesn't have to keep somebody pinned down in the office all day. You can actually go out and seek out interesting things and interesting people during working hours. And so, I mean, so that's where you get the ones like Clark Kent and Peter Parker and, I mean, publishers like Britt Reed and even, you know, vo um, broadcasters like Billy Batson, of all things. Although, how you get, what was he, what was Billy, 13 or 14 years old <laughs> at most? Well, he how, was, how, the last time I saw Billy Batson, he was he was hosting some sort of talk show. Uh, exactly. But I, yeah, was that what he always did? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. He, he, he started out as a radio persona, so I'm sure that's evolved since then. Um, but you're right in that making somebody a journalist is convenient. Making somebody a good journalist is a little more challenging. Mm -hmm. um, and especially since some of your, your greatest superhero journalists commit some incredible breaches of journalism ethics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I just think about Peter Parker and like, like Peter Parker alone yeah. is just, his whole setup is completely unethical. Yeah, um, he makes yes. a career photographing himself. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
which which makes it really ironic when he kind of becomes a defender of journalistic ethics in the third Spider-Man movie, the Sam Raimi movie. Oh, uh, do, do you rem- yeah. do you remember that one? I I try to forget it, but well, <laughs> refresh my memory on on what. Oh. There were good things in that movie. There were good. If they yeah, just... uh, yeah, th- that was when Eddie had uh, presented his photograph to JJJ that supposedly showed Spider-Man committing crimes. Yeah, got okay. splashed all over the front page, uh, made his career. And Peter Parker found that it had been photo manipulated, um, showed the proof to JJJ, and just like what happened in any real legitimate news operation, Eddie gets kicked to the curb in about two minutes flat. Huh. Because, because, you know, all that a news organization has to stand on is its credibility. I know that sounds strange in this day and age, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but if you lose that, you you lose a large part of your ability to gain an audience in the first place. Um, Clark Kent, for all that he's got the investigative journalism chops, is again fairly ethically questionable as a reporter. If you remember, in a lot of realities, Clark Kent first gets his job on the Daily Planet by getting an exclusive interview with Superman. Yeah, <laughs> stop and think about this for a second. A good point. <laughs> I mean, his 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 powers enabled him to to get to some to some great stories, but once again, he's kind of in the position of you know of keeping things from the readership that would probably affect their perception of the story if they knew it. Oh, that's you know that's that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Superman knows all the secrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, but it, but I guess if you're you you need like multiple sources or something, he may not always be able to provide that mm-hmm. sort of yeah exactly backup. Well, but but even then, um, would you read a story differently if a, a story about something differently if you knew that Superman was the one who had been writing it? Hmm, that's a great question. I well, because you would you would think. Let's see. The issues would be that you you know you're not getting the full story. That means that mm-hmm. you, that Superman is omitting things yeah. from our and news story. So you, there's a trust issue there. You're not getting an objective story because because he's a he's a player in the story. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, do do our you know we have these journalists and I'm and you know they always talk about them writing about themselves, mm-hmm. but it seems to me like um, I mean. Clark Kent in particular must write about other stories. He, he he does he does and he's frequently put on things you know everything from breaking crime news to the opening of some new experiment at Star Labs, and that part can be can be very re- realistic. I mean yes, reporters have classically had beats, but especially in these understaffed days, a reporter can find themselves covering literally anything. Yeah. Um, and I find it interesting that in one of the newer versions of the DC universe, um, Clark Kent ended up um, – I can't remember if he was laid off or left his newspaper reporting job to become a blogger. <laughs> oh, that, that was probably a, a really great career move. <laughs> it was a good yes. way to stop the money flow. You know, If you want to be yeah, more exactly. on the it, 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 yeah. it helps if you can crush coal into diamonds at that point. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, on the other hand, you know, with Superman also gives you one of the gutsiest reporters in comic books, which is Lois Lane. Do you, I mean, do you think she's a good reporter? Um, it depends on which version of Lois Lane you're talking about. Sure. Um, the, the, mm-hmm. the version that deliberately puts herself in danger hoping to make a story happen, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's the thing. It's all the journalists are inserting themselves into the story is in the comic books. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the, 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 one, the one who deliberately crashes her car into the lake with scuba equipment in the trunk, um, hoping that Superman will come and rescue her so that she can get the interview? No. <laughs> but, but, you know, there have been a lot of versions of Lois where she has been been gutsy without being suicidal and and that that version can actually be a pretty good reporter uh, where a where a lot of media go wrong in depicting journalism is is empathy a good re, a good reporter has to have has to have a certain amount of empathy you can't be the jerk who comes up after the uh, tornado that's killed 50 people pushes the microphone in somebody's face and says how do you feel uh, but there, there are the, but there are there are a fair the, number of reporters the, like the, that. They, they, they do exist. There are a fair number like that. They get 
more attention than the other kind because they tend to shove themselves into a situation. Um, but the other kind tend to get more stories and tend to get better stories. Hmm. If you if you can make mm-hmm. that connection with the person that you're talking to, if you can make that trust connection, um, they'll tell you more. And somebody who can make that trust connection with a source can make it with an audience as well. Hmm. So, so what do you think about Ben Urich from Daredevil? Do you think he's oh. a good journalist? Or do you ben, have an opinion? Ben, you know, Ben Urich, if I remember, and it's been a long time since I've read Daredevil comics. Mm. But, but as I remember, mm. Ben Urich was the sort of person who would work on very long-term stories. You know, who would, who would very patiently dig mm-hmm. deep to try to get layer after layer. If I remember right, he may, didn't he uncover Daredevil's identity himself and then kind of, uh, I, and then, then hold it back for a while? I wouldn't be surprised. That sounds familiar, but I can't think of that storyline directly. He is cer- he is certainly one of the more capable um, journalists in there. The one the ones who doesn't have to have the story pushed in front of him to cover it, because that that's that's another thing is that the news isn't all you know the flashy bank robbery, plane crash, alien invasion from Mars. <laughs> A, a, a lot of it is knowing your beat well enough to ask the questions that haven't been asked yet. Um, to, it, journalism, it said, is about asking the next question. And reporters like reporters like Ben Urich, while they're a very somewhat melodramatic portrayal of that, is also hits on something very real that you have to you have to kind of work to discover your story you can't just write to the press release or write to the crisis um and the the ones who who can do that are probably the ones that are going to help their their communities and their reading public the most so what do you think about the uh the publishers. We're talking about Perry White. We're talking about J. Jonah Jameson. Jameson. Uh, I mean, J. Jonah Jameson. You see, this is interesting. I, I think uh seems to me that J. Jonah Jameson, when it comes to Spider-Man, that is like a serious blind spot for him. <laughs> but yeah. is he a bad publisher otherwise? And there have been at least some stories where he's actually like a paragon. Of, like he won't, he won't stand down when threatened by mafioso or something like that. Exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, JJJ yeah, J. J. is a complicated character when you come right down to it. Like you say, he has a bee in his bonnet about Spider-Man that grows to an entire hive. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, but you're right. He also he he stands by his newspaper. He's made several tough stance against organized crime and had his had his reporters uncover very important things about organized crime and local political connections, that sort of thing. I mean, the bugle, depending on which writer is doing it, seems to swing between being a couple steps above a tabloid or a crusading newspaper. So again, you really have to ask which Jameson we're talking about here. Well, but that, I, that but, could but be... But oh. there is a there's a story from Web of Spider Man that I remember. Do you remember one called Point of View? I uh, uh, vaguely, yeah. Um, mm. Spider Man had been, as usual, accused of some sort of crime, and the the bugle had run with it. And Parker had just been having one of the worst weeks of his life, mm. and he finally decides that he's had absolutely enough. He swings through the plate glass window of Jameson's office. He begins to threaten him. He starts to corner him. He says, hey, how, how does it feel having somebody you hate hunt you for a change sort of thing? And Jameson in a corner is basically saying, I'm, I'm, only giving the, I'm only giving the public what it wants. Oh, don't give me that, Jameson. You're the one who told them I was a menace. And he tells him, really, masked man? Look at yourself. You're so damn smug. Either you're the menace I always said you were. Or I've managed to convince you that you are because you're sure as hell acting like one. And frankly, masked man, I didn't think I was that good a writer. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, Spider-Man, Spider-Man pauses, says, you stink, James, and you really do. <laughs> and leaves. And as usual, a couple panels later, Jameson gets evidence from Robbie Robertson that it, once again, Spider-Man is innocent. And he says, all right, 
will run the story. Maybe it's never occurred to you that I don't have to run any of the retractions that I've run over the years. It's easier for you to think of me as a publisher without a heart, just as it's easier for me to think of you as a monster without a soul. Maybe wow. we're both wrong. I'd never admit this to anybody, but maybe we're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go. I'll have to go. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll dig that one up and and yeah. Yeah. That. that. That sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. It was one of the more awesome moments in the Marvel verse. Well, we we got a couple more minutes here. I just um, uh, first off, Terrence, do you have any thoughts on journalism? Not. I mean, not not that many. I mean, honestly, I, that was a, after that, that was fascinating. <laughs> um, well, I, I I have one thing that I wanted to say. Uh, just that I really I, they may have done this, but I don't remember. Um, but I've I've always wanted to have a storyline where Spider Man. And I, I totally think this is in line with his ethics. I mean, I think it would it would work with Peter Parker. Just he should be paparazzi. He should totally go full. He would be the best paparazzo in the world because yeah. he could get he could sneak in and get these things, and he could be, he be ruminating he's like, "Boy, I'm not sure how ethical this is." While snapshot, 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 and doing it, <laughs> and 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 I think he'd be. I think it'd be great, you know, and it'd be yeah. like this celebrity, you know, send him to, you know, relocate him to LA for a little bit. And he's just sure. going around getting yeah. into trouble uh, <laughs> whenever he's taking snapshots of sure. all these uh, sure. high, high powered celebrities and stuff. And, and in, and in the old incarnation of the Marvel verse, he was even married to a supermodel at one point, Mary Jane Watson. Yeah, exactly. So that, would, that would give him the contacts right there. That would give him the inside scoop on where to be. I mean, he wouldn't even have to dress up. He'd just go to the parties and just have that, uh, you know, camera, camera in his pocket taking pictures. Um, you know, you know, Spidey almost got exposed by paparazzi once. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, one, I'm surprised one, 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 there Peter isn't. Parker was changing in a in a closet in the airport, and oh yeah, um, yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah. Photographer yeah. who was ducking away happened I, to see him changing. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. 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 I remember that. Um, yeah. There is well, it, you know, it occurs to me I'm kind of surprised that there isn't a superpowered paparazzi out there because it seems like superpowers. If you don't want to break, you know, or if you want to moderately break the rules, um, then being a paparazzi probably would be pretty lucrative. You could get some yeah. any number of supervillains could could have some, you know, they could go legit and just become paparazzi and 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 sell a bunch of photographs. It's a frightening thought, isn't it? And I mean, we've seen superheroes be the targets of paparazzi in the comic books before. There was a fairly famous She-Hulk line. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're right. That 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 real famous uh, the the Fantastic Four episode where the nude pictures of her the her mm -hmm. uh, topless sunbathing on the uh, yes. yeah which, which ended up what? getting which ended up getting color corrected. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah they the boy well the the basic thing was they they terrence if you i don't know if you, you read the story but but no i this, never heard of this one before the, this this uh uh tabloid uh um uh, publisher manages to fly down she's on the top of the baxter building uh she hooks on the top of the baxter building uh topless sunbathing and this this uh publisher comes down with in a helicopter and she rolls over because of all the wind blowing and stuff and then snapshot 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 they get these pictures and and he's planning to run them there's nothing that she can do to convince him not to run it um and then what happens is they run it but the, the it gets color corrected uh by the uh by the printer and so that you know to regular or to a regular you know skin human tones. human human colored right and uh and Which so the green the isn't worthless. there and they're, and they're worthless pictures it's just some topless woman on a uh so so they're just the, the irony oh the irony the twist the the, the rod serling twist <laughs> Hey, we're, we're out of time here on the super uh, superhero sidebar. Uh, we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back for the second round of brainstorming our new superhero. Welcome back to the Heroic Origins podcast. I'm Dave and my co-host is Terrence. And we have a special guest here, Scott Roche, who is a... Uh, Longtime journalist and lifelong comic book geek, and we are creating a uh, a new character called Mimos, the god of contagious ideas, and uh, he's got this kind of Midas touch where he touches things, and they become super inspiring. People are just drawn to them, and uh, basically he creates memes with just a touch. 
And uh, he left. The other thing that we know is that he left the home of the gods because uh, it was boring up there. He found that humans were much easier to in, to, to inspire and come up with uh, crazy new inventions. So, so that's where we're at. And we are now on the clock to uh, finish this character off. So, um, okay, does this person have any... Uh, well, what, is, what does this person look like? I think one of the... The words we were dealing with was Kaja, which is a Macedonian felt hat with broad brim. Is that, should that be this person's costume? <laughs> m maybe that should be the only thing about the costume that stays consistent. I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and, it, and, and maybe that's not even completely consistent. Maybe it changes colors and, and, and whatnot. Um, and Attracts buttons around the rim. <laughs> yeah. Lots of flair. Lots of flair. Uh, <laughs> um, so, okay. So, but otherwise the, the, well, first off, is there, I, what I, I, on my little checklist here, I have heroic and civilian identities. Does this person have a secret identity or is this person not care? Does this person go around as Mimos? I mean, what, 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 what's the identity situation with our character? I mean, if you walked away from being a God and you were just trying to be a regular Joe, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but your power is to make everything around you interesting. I mean, does he need a, does he need a secret identity? Because nobody's paying attention to him directly. The, oh, ooh, I like that. That's interesting. So, so this person is actually kind of gets ignored a lot. Hmm. hmm. So he has the celebrity effect without the celebrity issue. <laughs> <laughs> that's fascinating. That's a weird side effect of having a power of. Well, then, it, is this person really lonely? But this goes to our psychology. We got to figure out the psychology of the character. Is 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 this person lonely because does this person understand how his or her powers work? Does this person even really understand how people work? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, Cause, I, yeah. Cause alternately, yeah, you could be using this power to gain friends because everything they want you have. So, I mean, if he, I don't know. But I, I kind of like the idea that the well, but I mean, it could be all of the above, right? I mean, it could be right. that because uh, people that you know, sometimes the givers are you know people only care about them for what they give, right? Mm -hmm. So right. so he could be the ultimate giver in a way, um, and maybe, and this gets that it takes us away from superhero element. If this was a supervillain, then you know it could be that sort of like, well, I'm going to inspire you. I'm going to get you inspired about this thing that's really damaging for you, you know, because I can't stand the fact that you only care about what I give you or something, sure, you know, sure. yeah. well, like a spiteful thing. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's essentially in, in a way he's kind of enhancing what's already there. He's taking, taking what's there and making it more, yeah, you know, more, more, more compelling, more interesting, more whatever. <laughs> yeah. But then you're right. That could very easily be abused. <laughs> well, but, I think we've, we've talked about this in some of the other episodes. We do want to ultimately make this a hero, hero. right? Yes. Um, right. So, uh, but that that would actually be that would kind of explain like how the power is used, like in a like in a in a fight, a superhero fight, is that you would be you would want to make something really appealing. You it would be a lot of kind of um, you would try to draw the attention away from the person who like if somebody's mm -hmm. robbing a bank. Yeah then you would try to create something that would distract them from whatever their goal is. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah. and, or I mean, it, it could even be as, it could even be as simple as, Oh, Hey, it's much more interesting to hit that thing than to hit me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting, this is a very different kind of uh superhero. It's very subtle. It's very mm -hmm. subtle. Mm -hmm. um, Holly would never go for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we'll just have to stick to comic books, I guess. But, uh, um, but uh, wow, that's that's kind of interesting. What, Terrence? At the same time, though, he could be, you know, the cause of, like, the Kardashians. You know? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Hello, Tiger King. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be a villain to do it. it. Doesn't have to be malicious. He just has to be mistaken. Yeah. Well, so so does this? But this this is this this raises a question. If uh, I, I think I brought up limitations before. Yeah. Um. You know, how do we deal with? I mean, everything. If everything he touches becomes 
uh, uh, super interesting, then, I mean, that's he's going to touch a bunch of stuff. So, I mean, is he wear gloves? I mean, what's the... Well, I was going to say, maybe the incantation part, really, he has to willfully make something, you know? Maybe we don't make it as... As as quite as wild. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So how do the incantations work then? I mean, does he have to rhyme or something, sort of... Zippity pip, have a sip. <laughs> I know. I mean, is it like that? I mean, that would be really, really old school comic yeah. books, you know, golden o- o- age type o- o- stuff, old right? Mixel flick sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but that could be that could be really fun, you know. Uh, uh, and actually, it would be in line with uh, memes because you know, it'd be like yeah. a slogan. Oh, yeah. okay. So what if it's like that? In ever, in order to activate the um, the meme. It has to basically come up with some sort of slogan, do some sloganeering. <laughs> nice. Has to plant the seed in some way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like which this. Means okay. That, which means that in terms of the story, we could probably see this guy's effects long before we ever actually meet the man behind them. Absolutely. This is, yeah, this is yeah. that great kind of build up kind of character. Mm-hmm. Well, if it is, I mean, if the Kardashians are totally his, his fault, then, uh, <laughs> I'm not talking about the Kardashians. <laughs> I, I could just see him disclaiming any responsibility for that one, <laughs> true or otherwise. Uh, well, I bet he apologizes a lot, um, which makes you wonder, like, is there, uh, you know, it's, you know, creating the meme may be easy, but getting, you know, canceling it may be a little bit tougher. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's contagious by necessity. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, which also suggests that he has to he has to kind of be his own limitation to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah, so that's well, let's get back to psychology because I think that raises a lot of questions about psychology. Yeah. Why why would he choose you know, what 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 inspires our our inspirer here? What's how does that work? Do you think uh I mean, is it just he's does he have kind of self-control issues? He's a little bit um, impulsive. And, and and so it's sort of the struggle, he, but he knows that he's impulsive. So there's kind of this push and pull all the time. Hmm. I like that thought. Um, let's explore that a little bit more here. Well, we've already established that he gets easily bored. Yeah. 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 So. Did we did we determine that he has a he doesn't have a secret identity right he's just he's just Mimos mm-hmm. okay um, and 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 is immortal presumably and doesn't need to eat uh, so it doesn't worry about that stuff yeah it doesn't have a job yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's easy to get money because or just get people to do stuff for you yeah right um, d- d- does he does he need attention yeah that's I I just the the loneliness thing I. Um, it could be one of those things where you've come to sort of like, well, I'm always going to feel lonely, so I'm just going to try to do good in the world or something like that. Sure. Um, you know, even if even if I'm not getting the credit for it, I like the idea of being kind of mopey and sort of like, yeah. Oh. And and I, th- th- this may sound kind of cliche, but he may also he may also still keep an eye out for a you know, friend or otherwise, you know, somebody who's actually interested in him without having to use the power. That's yeah, yeah. Because he can't make himself inspiring in the way that he makes everything else, even though he's touching himself all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but that's Please it. Yeah. So it basically, <laughs> kind of people that aren't materialist and people that are kind of. So does that? Well, he, I, the question: Who would? Who does he hang out with then? You know, if he's if he's looking for people that are um, not going to be sucked into that that type of stuff. Yeah. That. I mean, that's the challenge. I mean, because the the, the people who could who could most benefit from his powers are the ones that were, would also potentially be the most seduced by them. You know, yeah. the, the, the artist, the inventor. I mean, mm-hmm. is this the kind of guy who would have, it, it, it almost frustrated for him, but he might have a more honest relationship with a Ben Grimm than with a Reed Richards. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, somebody even, who's even, even if he could do more for a Reed Richards. Yeah. Though actually, he could touch mm-hmm. he could touch the thing and make him like the idol of millions. I guess the, which he already is. <laughs> um, but you ever I hear of a Miss Thing. Miss Thing. Yeah, she was like a pop star with a thing suit or something. <laughs> uh oh, guys, guys! Uh-oh. I hate to say it, but we are uh, 
we've come to the end of our second regulation period. So uh, that means we uh, we need to do the lightning round. It's time for a lightning round. <laughs> lightning round. We have uh, several categories we didn't quite touch on: skills and equipment, appearance. We did, we sort of got appearance, but not not we didn't shore it up. Occupation, supporting characters, arch nemesis, and social significance. We're going to have two minutes for each of those, plus, a, uh, if we need it, a general two, two more minutes to just do a general revision. So so we're going to start with skills and equipment, and we're on the clock two minutes. Okay. I mean, does this guy have any special skills or equipment? Mm -hmm. I don't... Public speaking would seem to be a, a, a mandatory one. Okay, public speaking. Oh, yeah, because uh, you have to be able to, um, to be able to come up with a way, you know, a slogan. Which also means languages yeah. as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is languages. And this totally yeah. fits into our linguistic pantheon of linguistic gods. So I, yes, I, yes, I like yes. how that, that this is playing <laughs> out. Um, so public speaking, uh, wordplay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, is there any equipment? or? Well, we got the hat, but that's just the clothes. So, <laughs> I mean, does the hat do anything special? I mean, that's the other question. Yeah. Is it, is it a piece is of equipment? Is it? Would it be something he could pass on his power to someone else? Is or is there an aspect of his power that would be transferable? Maybe not the whole thing. What, like, like, like taking a, like taking a bit of a, what was that? What was it you said? A bit of flare off his hat and giving it to somebody. <laughs> oh, that would be. Oh, that's right. We got it. Okay. I like that. I like that. Uh, so let's just say the the flare. So that's I, the flare with uh, that has powers. So, because uh, that's because there's different aspects here. There's there's like, um, just being attractive is one thing. So you could have like that attractive flair, and then you have mm -hmm. kind of uh, creativity would be a different aspect mm -hmm. or humor. Um, yeah, that I, I like the flair. Okay, so yes. why don't we just say that is flair? Uh, buttons have powers. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, we got twenty seconds left. Anything else, or should we just move on to the next category? I think that's good. We can move that's on. Good. All right. Okay, we're going to go to... Well, do we want to shore up appearance? Why don't we do yeah, that? Yeah, why don't we do appearance? Okay, we're going to... Uh, appearance, we're on the clock. Two minutes. There could be flair all over the place. It could be... Well, <laughs> you know, the, the fact is, is that everything that he touches gets... Well, is the flair, like... Is that stuff that he brought from the home of the gods? Or is that... Let's, is it just stuff that he's touched and he I infuses power on them? Let, 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 or let's go even more fundamental. Do oh, do we want male, female, or do we want that to change with every episode? Oh yeah, I, I you know I like the idea of it being a, 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 a not even just male, male, female, but could be like human, animal, you know, just a, maybe a shapeshifter. I like I like the idea of there being like I don't know, like an extra finger, <laughs> like sure, it's got like six fingers, like just this. That's added little bit to him. <laughs> something <laughs> that something that is not quite right. Yeah, uh, so right. a little, so, bit, yeah, a little just, bit of uncanny valley. <laughs> so six fingers yeah. on each hand, or just one hand with six yeah fingers? on on both hands. You know, just okay. you know, whatever animal he is, he's got an extra an extra it, little thing. You know, yeah. He's uh, if, if it's only on one hand, we're in the Princess Bride. So. <laughs> so is this this person a shapeshifter? Then we're just going to say shapeshifter. Um. Uh, yes and no, not not shapeshifter in the sense like we see with the X Men, but uh, maybe to fit whatever is uh, most comfortable for his audience. You know, ooh, so for I like mm. that. You become kind of the that's interesting. You become the ideal. Well, but, but but does that does that does that change the whole mopey oh. thing? If he can if he can turn into oh, yeah. what's that, most that, that, appealing good, to the that, person. That, that that that's a good point. That's a good point. Not yeah. necessarily what's most appealing, though, but something that'll at least get him in the door. Maybe safe. Yeah, he can appear safe to people and and comfortable. Because that's like if you're a good salesperson, then you you want to do that. You want to put people want, at ease, right? Trust, trust. So he emanates trust. So becomes uh, becomes. Uh oh. Uh Oh. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Okay, we're 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 there on appearance. <laughs> Extra yeah. finger on hand has the yeah. hat with flair. Okay, okay, like we're gonna go move on to occupation. So uh, this person doesn't need to work, but yeah. Um, well, I think this will also build into supporting characters, though. I mean, where is he hanging out? You know. Yeah. Well, I keep thinking it's like, does this person hang out with like like homeless people? 
or maybe super rich people. I mean, I, you know, it's almost like maybe you want to hang out with the people that ha that don't need anything or don't want anything, except yeah. that he wants oh. to inspire people. So, well, or the people I whose inspiration is more simple. So, Go ahead. Scott, you were, well, you had mentioned the artist community before, Scott. You thought yeah. that maybe they'd be the least appreciative. Well, you know, I, I, I could say that going out of the way. Terrence, can you, can you finish what you were saying? Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, the artist community, I think, would work in that sense in that he can be with the starving artists and the rich art dealers ah, and oh, be in both yeah. worlds in that, in that okay. Okay. side. So his occupation. And then there's the creativity and inspiration as well. So. This is Does actually moving down to supporting characters more than occupation. Does he um, hang out on colleges a lot? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, what's a, Ooh, what's a job gets... that would get him in touch with artists? I mean, like, would just an art dealer? Should he be a like he owns a art warehouse or well, I don't know that he would necessarily a venture have capitalist? A, would he have a job or just be like an artist's model or just wander around hanging around artists? A, a David Carradine kind of guy. <laughs> well, he could just be a, a, a he's the David Carradine in the in the art scene. I like that. <laughs> um, well, it, it, I think there are people that are like that. They're just like they're just characters who are part of this scene. So yeah, yeah, okay, a, um, a, lit a literal muse. Yeah, <laughs> muse. That's the occupation. Yeah, and this goes to supporting characters. We can jump over to supporting characters here. I'm just going to give us an extra two minutes for supporting characters. So we're we're these are just artists and. Uh, Artists and buyers, right? Yeah, patrons. Patrons, I guess that's a better word. But that's that's probably, I mean, celebrities as well. Yeah, and yeah. And, and and what and what if there's that that one artist who has become you know so cynical, so hard bitten that he's not even sure in, he's not even sure real inspiration can find him anymore. You know, oh. make, make him the ultimate challenge. Maybe that's his arch nemesis. Or maybe it's his closest friend. <laughs> or, or both. <laughs> you know, I mean, because it would make sense that the cynical person would be the one that would care about him most for his, who he is, right? Yes. Right, right. Yes. But it would also be the biggest challenge mm -hmm. to inspire the person. So you've got this depressed, cynical... I guess it would be... There are a lot of artists that are kind of like that, right? You know, yeah. they're, they're depressed, they're cynical. Um and they're always on the verge of quitting, but yeah. that sounds more like a supporting character, not a nemesis there. So yeah, might also but, be a little bit of social significance too. Okay, uh, are there any other? Well, let's and, let's. And, and would it be wouldn't it be ironic if the uh, depressed, cynical artist were the one that helps Mimos keep his own inspiration up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're we're out of time for the supporting yeah. characters. Okay. So let's go on to arch nemesis. So what is it like? Uh, I mean, what's the what's the arch nemesis of memes? Is it is it uh, is it uh, censorship or what? What are we what are we talking about? I think it would be some alternate, some opposing god who just wants things like rigid and in order or something. Yeah, oh, uh, I, I I hesitate to use the word word fundamentalist, but you get the idea of what I'm saying. The, the, the they're sort they're of thing rule oriented. They're they're very strict right. and they want things to be orderly and mm -hmm. yes, um, and not inspired. You know, it's sort of like well, we've got these. This is what it is, what it is. Right. Well, so if these are gods of linguistics, what is a like linguistic? A well, what? Oh, look, a dick, like a dictionary, like a dictator. Yeah, yeah. A dictionary dictator. Yeah, <laughs> dictating, <laughs> dictating. And, and, <laughs> and maybe the are. maybe the arch nemesis is somebody that he left behind. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, one of his one of his former uh, divine associates who's trying trying to both undo his event effect on the world and bring him back like the, uh. like a, uh yeah so like a grammar like a grammar you know somebody who's really strict grammarian you know uh well uh or or, or just, yeah just just somebody who's very like you say rigid order rules gosh i we are signing like an eighth grade English teacher, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's like it could be like the professor, the instructor, the well. I'm just thinking like a linguistic the dean. The dean. <laughs> yeah. Linguistic rules. Uh, there's rules of linguistics. The mm -hmm. um, the dean. <laughs> uh, oh, but the dictator, the dictionator, <laughs> dictionator. Uh, <laughs> 
I don't think that they would have that name. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Probably not. Oh, how about there's like, uh, there's connotation and denotation, like maybe like denote, like uh, implication. Uh Uh-oh. Oh. Well, we've we, we got the basic idea. We got yes. the basic idea. So we've got a, a strict rule-oriented Divinity. linguistic god, and we can to be named later. <laughs> god or god or deity. Th- th- this th- that sounds like a very interesting major league baseball trade. <laughs> <laughs> two dra- two draft picks and a linguistic deity to be named later. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, let's uh let's move on to social significance. 2 minutes. Um first thought is we've gone back and forth on whether this guy is man or woman. What if he's gender fluid? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. Let's do that. Yes. Which which totally uh, yeah, and that that would totally work in that in the world that this right. person's in too. So are are oh, there well, any other Go ahead. No, if he's in it if he's in a set place, do people notice that He's the same. Like if he's changing, <laughs> do other people notice that. Like, oh, hmm. Like, or is he? Well, if you're if you're if you're gender fluid, then you you know you. Um... But no, I mean, I just in the sense that we've got him as a shapeshifter at this point, where he could be anything. So, but is that actually? I, I kind of feel like is the person literally a shapeshifter, or is it? Yeah, I yeah, guess I, it is. It's or is it like creating an illusion? Or yeah, I mean, it, it, is he actually changing shape, or is it his appearance in the other person's mind? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. With the mind control, I like that more. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think just well, doing. We, we, I think just just making uh, making them gender fluid. Yeah. Probably probably covers the covers this category. Are, are there yeah. any other? Mm-hmm. Is there a particular cause? This doesn't strike me as. I mean, the person's cause is just inspiration, right? And also. Well, trying to find and and, the, and, and, the, and there, there there's questions if you think about it of of of, of free of free will at, at some point in here oh sure oh yes yeah yeah um, um uh, you know at the end of it the individual versus society which is at the back of a lot of great stories absolutely you're right you're right and we've we're just about out of time so i think this is going to uh this is going to have to be what we're doing. So, <laughs> we have two minutes for a general review, and we are on the clock. Yeah did did, did we establish a weakness at all? Um, well, I think the weakness was sort of that you know exactly the chaos that's created by um, by not limiting their power. Mm-hmm. You know that's what you know it's having to be very careful. Uh, or set you know create chaos but i mean because that's you, because you can't stop what you start yeah right. yeah i mean actually that that in itself in of itself is that you once you get a something going mm-hmm. that they they can't stop it mm-hmm. all right but i mean do we want a different kind of weakness uh oh we we did put a limitation which was the the sloganeering this is right? true this right. is true right. so that was true. the limitation that's how we solved that problem so i i okay. guess i yeah, yeah. okay but the weakness per se. I, I I guess I guess we're good. Then I'm just trying to. I was trying to think of what would makes what would potentially make somebody immune to this. Oh, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. How do you? Well, I think if you were like you know, I, there's probably some like throw this out there. If you're somebody who's like autistic, I don't know that you would be influenced by this, right? Or would you? I don't know. Uh, what, what there are there people that have psychological dispositions or 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 that would be. Less and, affected by memes and and and, and, and maybe the yeah. pursuit, maybe the pursuit of our nemesis comes comes into play there as well. No, there are people with um. Oh, I was just watching the thing on uh, Amanda Gorman, the poet who doesn't. She has an auditory dis, like she doesn't hear things the same mm-hmm. as other people. So she had a speech impediment, and she has all this, you know. But it's learning to process information so it would effectively make her immune to something like this because mm-hmm. that's all yeah. about you know the words going in you know just like sure, autism kind of, sure. You know, okay right? that, that 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 makes sense that makes sense or the extremely literal minded or yeah yeah, yeah. well that that could be so our arch nemesis this is basically super literal minded <laughs> i think that's what i'm getting out of all this so all right okay well um <laughs> I think we have enough to 
Drax and the Guardian, kind of like Drax and Guardians of the Galaxy, where he doesn't understand. <laughs> it would, yeah, no, that's exactly, and uh, that, I think that's poppins. exactly the type of arch nemesis we're talking about. I want to give a big special thanks to Scott Roche for coming in. You've you've been a wealth of information and and inspiration. So thank you so much for dropping in. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to working on a uh, summary here for the character, and uh, and then we'll try to figure out how it fits in with our overall aliens versus robots storyline, and uh, and we'll let, we'll let you know what, what what what's going on with that. So, but but Scott, thank you again so much for coming in, and yes, thank uh, you so much. All right, it's it's been an absolute pleasure. Anytime, guys. <laughs> right, take care. <laughs> you too. Thank you. If you're just joining us, this is the Heroic Origins Podcast. I'm Terrence. And I'm Dave. And we've been designing a brand new superhero with uh, Scott Roche, who has had to take off here. But uh, let's, let's summarize what we've got. In the pantheon of linguistic deities, Mimos is the god of contagious ideas. But Mimos grew bored with their brethren and decided to dwell amongst the easily inspired masses of humanity. With a bedazzled kasha and six-fingered hands, Mimos wanders the earth, adding inspiration with a touch and an incantation. Despite the flair Mimos foments, they long for a connection that transcends their promotional puffery. In fact, Mimos finds their own inspiration from their cynical artist friends who are suspicious of the seductive stimulation in a society steeped in subconscious subjugation. So that's our character for the episode. But how do they fit into the continuing storyline? We're going to do a five-minute brainstorm to find out. All right, well, five minutes on the clock, so... Mimos is, uh, you know, is able to create insp- inspiration and, and, and whatnot, contagious ideas, just by touching an incantation. It strikes me that that is something that fits into the Lyceum in a lot of ways. The Lyceum would probably be covetous of something like that, don't you think? I would think so. My question is, yeah, I mean, would they be seeking him out or... I'm, I really think that his main connection into this world might th- be through people, might be through whoever oh. the artist friends rather than directly to the, uh, the aliens. Well, the, I'm just, I'm just curious how the aliens would handle him. Cause he's clearly going to be a, um, yeah, I mean, I agree. The humans would, they probably would get the most, you know, cause they would want to, cause you have the Lyceum, which is trying to, is trying to kind of uh, uh, kind of seduce the masses, right? I mean, right, he's trying right. to trying to draw them into matriculate true, uh, true. the the humanity, and uh, so it could be you know he could be used as a uh, as a way to resist that. Um, it could be a propaganda I mean, actually, fight. He could be you know uh, he could be connected to a. Uh an ad campaign to, uh, to, you know, encourage people to come to this university, just like all the paid (laughs) colleges, the for-profit colleges. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would the Stratoplex care one whit about this, this person? I don't, I see them as very, being much more robotic, you know, and very less and more logical and less inspired. They're they're not going to be inspired by me. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Right. That's the thing. Um, Whereas the Lyceum is made up of like a, conglomerate of different aliens right it's not just humanoids right right yeah um but they, or they're organic so they're probably going to be responsive to this of course mimos is also a god so mimos is mimos something that you know people try to manipulate someone that i mean is or does mimos well, see through that stuff as a god i mean i think then that perhaps you know both of these parties are acknowledge you know this existence of these linguistic gods and how they can impact their worlds and it's just his appearance on earth would be something like oh oh we need to be worried about this did we decide i kind of vaguely remember that we had talked about the lyceum actually worshiping the linguistic gods that would make sense yeah it would make sense <laughs> so so it could be that this is one of their gods uh but I mean, they're human gods too, because you know people 
have language on uh, everywhere. So I know, my thought though is that the that Mimos himself might or their self might be more interested in the um in the Stratoplex because they don't get inspired easily. Oh, that's a good point. And that and therefore they would have a less superficial relationship with Mimos. That's yeah. interesting. So so once again it's sort of the Lyceum would be uh, covetous of, of Mimos, trying to win Mimos over. But Mimos would be fascinated by the Stratoplex. And then you just have the humans, which are, well, stuck in between, as usual. Right, right. Um, so well, my first my first thought was a uh, an artist that was, you know, maybe a landscape artist that was just, you know, just depressed and despondent because of, you know, all the battlefields, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I want to paint these lovely landscapes and the battlefields are destroying them, <laughs> that sort of thing. But well, that, that'd be interesting, you know, ba- go ahead. As I say, but we could go with something more along the lines. I mean, just as a, as a human interface, I guess, in my mind, there's kind of like this human interface for, for Mimos. And that would be, you know, perhaps somebody who is more of an engineer or something who's, you know, maybe feels failed and is looking at the stratoplex and you know or something i don't know maybe a stratoplex who's just sitting around going i can't make anything and you know because you know if you have imagination with the you know technology then that can come well, up with all sorts of new things so what do you think like, so there's a stratoplexy that wants to be human and mimos tries to help that uh, character you know sort of what like if there's data data from uh star trek well, what if it's more, it's even, what if it's a Stratoplex that wants to join the Lyceum, that wants to take some classes <laughs> and wants oh. to matriculate, you know, because they want to expand their world, but at the same time, they don't want to strengthen the, I don't know. <laughs> it's all, Uh-oh. it's a bit of a mess. Well, the alarm's going off here, but I think we kind of laid out some, uh, well, do we want to keep brainstorming or do we want to do it another five minutes? <laughs> or do we feel like we kind of laid out some of the possibilities? I think we laid out some possibilities. I don't know. We, I think that uh, Mimos being drawn to the Stratoplex is definitely of interest. I, I like that. I like that there's a push and pull there, that that, that uh, Mimos, Mimos is drawn to the Stratoplex, but the, stra- but the, the Lyceum also, uh, well, literally worships him right. so, or, or them. Well, let's uh, let's leave it at that, and uh, that's it for this episode. But uh, we want to hear from you, true conceivers. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? What are some ways to add depth to the character? What are some possible storylines? Email us at heroicpod at gmail.com, and we'll read your feedback on upcoming episodes. We'll be posting our own sketches of this new character on our social media, but we'd love to see how you'd envision them. If you want to share your artwork, look up Heroic Origins on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and post them there. And don't forget to subscribe and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And that's a wrap. Keep on hero smithing, true conceivers. We'll see you next week on Heroic Origins. Stop!